All right, welcome everyone. We're so happy you're here with us today. In this episode, we have a special guest. This is Ki-Ip. He's a wonderful man, very successful in what he does, and we're so honored that he's on our show today. So Ki, welcome. Thank you for having me, Allison and Roy. It's been a while. We haven't seen each other in this uh, unique times, And so this is a good way to meet each other through Zoom. So, yes. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, we used to live just down the street from each other. Exactly. Yeah. Our kids played together. We would come over to your house and eat your food. Because <laughs> we were really buried and starving. <laughs> Hopefully the food were good back then. <laughs> Very good. We still remember. <laughs> your good wife good. is like the culinary goddess, right? Still I is. taught her well. I taught yeah. her well. Oh, you yeah. taught her well. <laughs> He's like, what are you <laughs> talking about? I'm the one that cooks. How dare you? We thank Give you. Give her the wanna, credit. He doesn't want to claim that right now. So no problem. <laughs> <laughs> Another time. Awesome. That's great. So why don't you tell us a little bit of your about yourself? Give us like a, a little blurb. Yeah. A little who's key. Wow. Okay. So what do we start? Or a minute. I guess we can start where I was born originally. So I was born in Cambodia um, to Chinese parents. Um, my dad, I was third generation born in Cambodia uh, from China. Um, well, actually, my dad's grandparents were from China, but my dad was born in Vietnam. Oh. And I'm, I'm also third generation uh, from my mom's side born in Cambodia. Uh, my grandparents were from China, from the Fujian province. And then they emigrated to Cambodia many times, you know, many years ago. And then uh, finally, my mom was born there and I was born there. And then my dad's side, he was uh, from Guangdong area. And so then emigrated to Vietnam and then um, found his way over to, to Cambodia where he met my mom. And, you know, and um, we had a, um, I, I was born in a family of three. I'm the oldest. I had two younger sisters. Um, there were, one was about three, three years younger, and the other one was about five, four, five years younger. Um, I was born in a very turbulent time in Cambodia. It was during the, um, the killing fields. So it, um, when the killing fields happened, uh, it started in 1975. I was about maybe five, four, four years old at that time. And so it went through the whole, uh, those, the whole span from 1975 to to roughly about the end of 79. Uh, during that, um, the Cambodia killing field era, um, we had a, a family of seven. So it was the dad, mom, me, two younger sisters, uh, my grandmother on my mom's side and my, my, my youngest uncle from my mom's side. So my, my mom's youngest brother. And okay. so seven of us lived in, the, in, in our house. So during that, Cambodian situation, we were all chased out of the city, all seven of us. And um, during the course of three to four years, you know, um, all five of them died. So I, 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 think, I think grandma died first. And then uh, my youngest sister died. And then my uncle died. And then my, um, the, um, the second sister died. And then my dad finally died. And so then it was just left with my mom and I, we were the only two, and we escaped um, several times uh, over to Thailand, and eventually we made our way to, um, to Thailand, to the refugee camps. And there was um, roughly about 1979, it was when um, the, the United Nations 
asked the, the whole world that you know there was a genocide happening in Cambodia and asked people to to help sponsor the um, the refugees. Right. And so, funny enough, when my mom put in the the, the paperwork for for to be sponsored, she put in um, to go to France. Um, I because back then uh, we had like a really really distant relative that lived in France or Switzerland, some somewhere over there. Okay. But somehow the the paperwork got lost. And so we were stuck in the refugee camps for quite a while. It, it seemed like, like we were there and then people left and then, you know, some, and we were still there and people left and then we're like, what happened? And so we, when we, uh, when my mom, you know, she, she told me that when she followed up on the um, paperwork again, she found out the paperwork were lost. And so we had to reapply again, but this, this time she put America. And then sure enough, uh, several months later, we were sponsored uh, by um, an LDS family um, living in Seattle, Washington, uh, Bellevue, Bellevue, Washington. And okay. so we came in uh, 1979. And so at that time, I was about eight and a half, um, almost nine years old. And so, and began my life as a, you know, um, a, ref a, ref a Chinese refugee from Cambodia living in Seattle, Washington at the time. And so strangely enough, the, um, that family that sponsored us, um, they, they had six kids. And so, you know, mom and dad, and they had six, so a family of eight. They sponsored two little girls from Korea, and then, um, and then my mom and I. And so it was, the house was crazy. Wow. I mean, every morning, I mean, there were so many kids. And I, I, I remember that most of the kids were young. Um, I, I, I remember that one of the, the oldest daughter, and she was um, like maybe – teenager not quite high school yet and so it was a um, really nice home you know a really a warm family that welcomed us in and and we didn't know them I mean you know but they welcomed us and accepted us and you know took care of my mom and I and we stayed with them for several years um, actually not not maybe about six months to a year okay and, so uh, you had we, eight uh, yeah. Americans and then you and your mother and then two Two Koreans. Yeah, the two Korean kids. They was uh, they were adopted by that American family many years ago. Oh, many years. So, yeah, they, were yeah, they, they part were, of the six no, children? No. Okay, so you had no, ten. They, so so they had eight natural kids, and so husband and wife. So that's that's ten already. Oh, okay. And then they had two more. Oh wow! So adopted. Twelve. 12. Yeah, uh, and then made my mom and I. So a family of fourteen. Wow. You know, fourteen people. All wow. Down. Did yeah. you? Did you have like uh, four to a bedroom, or did you all sleep on the floor? I'm like, I, I can't remember. I, I don't remember. <laughs> I think my mom and I shared the room, and and oh, okay. I, I I can't remember. I don't remember a lot of the stuff back then because this was back in 1979. Um, right. You know, and I believe I came over, um, you know, looking skinny, stick with pot belly and everything like that because of malnourished. Uh -huh. oh, wow. So I think it took a, it took a while for me to finally you know um, get back to normal, get healthy again, and then finally clean enough to um, you know you know immunization and all that stuff, and then finally made it to school. So okay, wow. yeah, that must be a very traumatic experience for you, especially when you were very young at the time. So. I wonder if your mother had explained to you what was going on. Why is it that you had to move away from home? Why is it that you were traveling to America? Wow. Did she tell you 
Or how she did you know what was going on? I, I think I think most of us kids back then we we grew up pretty fast. I mean, because there was no food. Um, you know, um the five people in our family, they all died of starvation. And so as oh, a kid, you know, yeah, okay. and so as a kid, I think we learned pretty fast that you know, this is a unique situation and environment. And so um, we were always searching for food, searching for water. I mean, several times I almost died myself, you know, and strangely enough, you know, sometimes, you know, when I talk about it, um, eating all strange and weird stuff, at, at, you know, Allison Roy, I mean, anything you can think of, I've eaten it, you know, and, and you know, it, is, wow, so like insects yeah. and whatnot. Uh, that, that's good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like cockroaches and ants. No Those are delicacies. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, anything to survive. I mean, anything to survive. Wow. wow. So it must have been horrific enough uh, conditions that you that your family felt like they needed to flee that and risk starvation. They did. Um, we were... My mom's side, they were extremely, extremely well-to-do. I mean, not, not, like, not like royalty rich, but very, very rich. Okay. Um, so my, my, my grandmother, they had, you know, um, a distillery. They had uh, poultry farming. They had, um, um, they were grain wholesaler. Uh, they had a movie theater. Um, one of my mom's um, brother had a seven up um, distillery. And so they were very, very well to do. Wow. Um, and so when so the when, communist party came in, when they came kind in, of like were yeah. against the rich, right? Exactly. Exactly. We had, um, my, my mom told me that we had many opportunities to leave before things got bad, but okay. because there was so much business, you know, so many little things involved, it was so hard to let go of all those, you know, those, those enterprises that they built up, you know, as a, as a the family. And so it was very hard for them to leave. And so when, you know, when things just flipped all of a sudden, you know, uh, one day, basically we lost everything. And so, you know, all, all, you know, none of that rich doesn't matter anymore. Now it became, you know, knowledge to survive in the jungle, to find food, wow. um, to not step on landmines, you know, and, and, you know, all those survival skills. So. Wow. Yeah. So wow. just recently, um, Allison and I were watching a show on Netflix about these two brothers that uh, during World War II, they were Jews mm -hmm. and they were kind of misfits mm -hmm. and they, they, they grew up kind of in the, the forest and they were kind of mis misfits at school and whatever. But when World War II broke out and they needed to flee, they had the skills, right? They knew yeah. how to hunt and, and yeah. fish and live out in the wilderness and stuff like that. And yeah. then they would, they would bring in like Jews from the city that had fled. Mm -hmm. And what was interesting is, you know, they were the misfits and you had like these educated Jews that were professionals and, yeah. and scholars and stuff that the roles kind of flipped. They had yeah. to flee into the wilderness and now they were looking up to these two people that were kind of outcasts exactly. in their society. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And so same thing we were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. You know, wealth and knowledge or not necessarily knowledge, but like 
life experiences or yeah. uh, uh, the the stuff that you do with your mind when you have to live yep. for food and refuge in the forest means nothing right yeah it's yeah. more street smarts and yeah the yeah. ability to find food and yeah exactly and because like when that. we were being um moved from one concentration camp to another you you had to escape and and so you escaped at night when you know the guards were not watching and so it had to be timed perfectly in order to to escape you had to pay someone gold so either a ring a gold chain earring what a watch whatever you had to give them something valuable and obviously it's either uh gold jewelries or medicine and so uh -huh. no one had any medicine back then and so it was always jewelry and so you had to give it to them and they always told you to meet at a certain tree in a forest somewhere and so you had to be there and so it was funny that that you said that because when after i grew up and became a teenager you know and watching all those hollywood movies and all that i'm thinking why weren't my parents you know um more educated in in this survival but then it was it was extremely different you know yeah because uh, during that during that um uh during that that period it was like you said it was it was the people that live in the in the in the countryside that live in the jungle that they knew the secret route you know to go through the forest or not stepping on landmines and and they knew what direction to go to to get over to thailand and not be approached by the guards and all that and so and so you know gold became the bartering you know um currency right uh -huh. and so then you had to rely on them make sure that when you gave them the stuff that they would actually they double take cross you, you or yeah something. exactly take you on the right path and not so take hard you the wrong path. yeah and oh, so wow. i i do remember you know um running through the jungle running through, and then all of a sudden you know boom oh okay someone stepped on the line mine okay all right thank goodness it wasn't us and so then you just keep on going until you you know found somewhere safe so wow yeah so wow living through that traumatic experience when you were young did when you grew up when you got older has that ever come back to you making life difficult having to deal with that because when you're young i don't know maybe yeah. like you know how young people that uh experience trauma when they mm -hmm. get older it kind of mm -hmm. comes back to them and they have a hard time you know, like dealing with yeah. it it's, it's very interesting because i do see other people that were slightly older than me and that that had that traumatic experience i fortunately i was at a very young age young enough to know what's going on in my environment but not old enough to be traumatically affected by all that okay and so so i was um it never affected me but it it affected me for the good it made me really strong but it also made me um you know my, my wife she, she she tells me this all the time it it made me a little bit colder okay uh, not not in the sense that um i i don't express emotion as much as you know some other people because i think that's easy man you just Get over it, you know. <laughs> right. 
It's like somebody falls right? off the roof and breaks their pelvis okay, and they're like, you still, got, you still got another leg. You still got two good, good arms, you know? Yeah. <laughs> get over it. And so it, 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 it's that type of feeling. So it made me a little bit, you know, callous, maybe. a little bit on the overside of that. And so, so when I see things, you know, I, I think it's really not that bad. What's the big deal? Just, you know, just, and so, <laughs> yeah. so sometimes it, it doesn't always fit. And so I got to make sure that I'm, I'm at the, the right balance. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. So when you were like a, a high schooler, a teenager or whatever, did you ever like experience some kind of bullying and you're like, well, oh. I grew up in the killing fields, bro. Exactly. In <laughs> fact, um, I, I was never bullied, but I was the one that protected, you know, the kids are being bullied. Okay. Oh, wow. So, you know, I, I grew up in the school. Okay. So after we left Bellevue, uh, we, we moved to Seattle for like two years. And then after that, we moved in the early 80, I believe it was like 81 or something like that. Then we moved to LA. Okay. And so it's a typical, typical immigrant story. We moved to LA because we, again, we had like a, I think it was a really, really distant relative, lived in, of all places, Chinatown, Los Angeles. Okay. <laughs> so we ended up in Chinatown. We lived there for like six months or something like that. And then, then we moved to another place, which, which uh, was um, predominantly um, in the early, early 80s. It was 50-50. Uh, it was you know, Caucasian, 50%, and then 50% uh, maybe uh, immigrants, Hispanics, Chinese. Uh, you got some uh, Indians and, and you know, Asians all mixed. Okay. But then um, as the time grew, um, the Caucasian moved out, and so it became more um, you know, immigrant. It was uh, basically by the time uh, I became um, uh, high school age, uh, graduated high school, it was almost like 90, 80 to 90% Hispanics. And then uh, the other 10% would be Asians, you know, all throughout. You, know, you got the Indians, the Islanders, you know, Chinese, you know, and uh, Southeast Asian, everything like that. Gotcha. And so, so did I you have to deal with gangs and stuff like oh, that? Big time, big time. And so rather than, um, you know, not getting into gangs and all that, but a lot of my friends were into gangs. You know, they, you know, they drew, you know, they drove around flashy car and I'm going, mom, why am I still have this cheap old car? So, <laughs> you know, I said, why do I have the, the, I the Pinto? Come on. Yeah, exactly. Not that I was tempted, but it was very easy. It was, it was very easy that I could have joined any gangs and, and been so successful at it. But rather, um, you know, thank goodness that you know, I was, I grew up in a church uh, the LDS church. And so, um, you know, every week we always had youth activity and, and, you know, go to church on Sunday, um, because I was in a scouting program. And so we would always go camping and, and learn all this scouting stuff. And so it kind of kept me straight. Okay. Um, not only that, but the, the missionary that baptized my mom and I, um, when I was, a uh, you know, teenager, 15, 16, uh, 14, 15, 16, those three years, my mom sent me to Axtell, Utah. Okay, you guys know what Axtell, Utah is? Oh, gun no. Axtell? Axtell, A-X-T-E-L, Utah. No, it's in never the heard middle of, it. of Utah. Wait, um, it's by Gunnison, okay? Okay. Okay, so because uh, he was a farmer, and so I would become a farmhand. And so when I was 14, 15, 16, those three years, I became a farmhand. So like so, every summer, she'd send, ship you to yep, the farm. To get away from the city because, you know, you know, in the summertime, you're up to no good, right? I mean, gotcha. You know, 
<laughs> all that stuff that you can get yourself into trouble. And so I became yep. a farmer for like a month and a half or something like that. And it was so fun for me. I, I, I drove around tractor, I milked cow, uh, castrated uh, uh, <laughs> cow. Uh, yeah, bulls, yeah. Um, you know, uh, shotguns and everything. It was so fun yep. for me. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it, it kind of gave me a different lifestyle uh, to be away from all that, you know, that, that city trouble. And gotcha. so that was, you know, that's what my mom did for me that uh, helped me, um, you know, more ground myself to, to things. And so, you know, kept me out of trouble. So that's so cool. So, so yeah, when back, summer back would home. come around, would you be like, mom, yeah. I'm not going back to the farm. No way. And Actually, then she um, shipped you. It didn't matter. I mean, I, I don't think I had a choice, Roy. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. Like you didn't have a choice, but you know, like when, when I was a young men's leader, we would always create these activities, like yep, these high yep. adventure activities, and we'd invite yep. all of the, the boys, and they would be like, no, I don't want to go. But then when we got them there, they were like, yeah. oh, this was the funnest. Exactly, yeah. I, I didn't think I have a choice. You know, growing up Chinese, I mean, you, you, you did what you're told, and so you, don't, you don't question, you don't talk back, and so, yeah, you just go along with it. So Gotcha. Yeah. That's so, nice. again, um, back to the story about being bullied, so... Rather than being bullied, I was always the one that protected, you know, those, those Chinese kids that were bullied by the Hispanics, you know, the, um, that, you know, you know, dominated the school. Gotcha. And so got in a lot of fight. And so thank goodness I won all of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> That's awesome. I'd never know. I'd never know that you were that feisty kid. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, just don't push it, you know? I mean, like, <laughs> <Right>. yeah. <laughs> it's like, I got two switches. I got good guys. That's right, that's guy. right. You I don't want the, me to flip that switch. Right. I got a calm guy. switch, you know, I can deal with it, and you want to deal with it, great. If not, then, you know, we'll take it up a notch, so. <laughs> so, that's Key, awesome. I have a, I, I'm curious about how, so when you came, when you first came to the United States, you were about eight or nine years old. Did Correct. you have to learn English as a second language? Or yeah, did you yeah, speak? everything. Yeah, yeah. Oh. In fact, when when um, growing up, because my mom's side is still from Hokkien, right? Okay, yeah. Fujian, uh, and so um, while young, I was I was speaking Hokkienese, you know, Fujian okay. with right. with my with my mom and dad and all that. And so is Hokkienese like a, Taiwanese. a dialect? Taiwanese. Yeah, Taiwanese. yeah, Taiwanese. Okay, it's a dialect of Taiwan, or oh, a dialect of Chinese that is Taiwanese. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. So when my dad, um, my dad, he was in business. Okay. And so he sold electronics, he sold radios and, and uh, record players and all that. And so we had a lot of people going in and out of the house. So while young, you know, I, I, you know, grew up listening to, to, uh, Hokkien, Mandarin, Cantonese, Cambodian. And so those five languages, I have them in here somewhere. Okay. So while growing up, I always speak Hokkien with my mom. And, and so when we came to the U.S., uh, sometimes we speak uh, Cantonese at home as well. But then all of a sudden, my mom one day says, you know, let's not speak those dialects anymore. Let's speak a, a more, um, you know, widely used dialect. Let's speak Mandarin. And so we started speaking Mandarin. And so that's why, you know, um, uh, as a family, we, we spoke that. And so when I first came to the U.S., yes, I had to, you know, learn English brand new and everything like that. And so it was fun. I, um, 
I, I, I think I remember I was in like ESL classes, you know, in, uh, in school in Seattle, they had this spe um, special teacher that, that, that helped me, you know, try to read and, and uh, to pick up words and all that, pronunciations and all, okay. uh, a lot quicker. And so I, I picked up pretty fast, so. That's awesome. You have a gift. Yeah, back well, in the- yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> back in the 80s, right? I grew up in Utah and yeah. we didn't have, back then, all you had were just normal white kids. Yeah. And so I bet maybe in Washington, it was very similar. Nowadays, we have a lot more Hispanics, people coming up from the southern border. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot more uh, Spanish speakers. But yep, yep. back then, say if some kid came from outside of, of Utah, he was probably the only non-English yeah. speaker. Yeah. So there was probably a lot of people to help. Yeah. But now there's like so many non-English yeah. speakers, you probably don't get as much help. I yeah, I remember when I went to school um, in Seattle, there was only two Asian kids and then one Italian kid because you know those that Asian kid and me and that Asian kid and that uh, Italian kid we became really good friends and so okay. the, the three the three outsiders like, <laughs> yeah the three the three non-Americans yeah yeah wow yeah. so uh, what was my question I was going to ask okay I'm sorry go ahead okay so Key you're now you and your wife are raising two international children right because you yes, move around quite a bit and so your children mm -hmm. grew up in different areas around the world how does that how is that experience for you and your family would you like to share with wow. us you, you know when we first moved to china um this was for my work you know so we we, we were sent to china as expats and so for jennifer and i my wife we were really excited but then we were very concerned like you said allison now for our son back then, um, he just- So when you use the word expat, that just means somebody yeah, from- Yeah, America. a company yeah. sent me there to work. And, and so um, I worked for the US company, but then they had a subsidiary, uh, international subsidiary. And so I went there to manage those subsidiaries. Okay. So yeah. American working abroad. Um, yeah, and working abroad, that's correct. Okay, sorry, and So keep going. we were there, yeah. So we were there, we were very concerned um, how this was gonna affect them because like you said, we moved quite a bit. Right. But thank goodness, thank goodness for my wife, you know, she did a really good job um, grounding him. You know, not, when I say ground, I'm not like punish my ground, but making sure that he knows the culture and the value that the country that he lived in and appreciated. And so, you know, our son, our oldest son, Brandon, you know, uh, we moved basically, one year we'll live in Guangzhou, the next year we'll live in Shanghai, and then we'll move back to Guangzhou. And so, so because of that, he had to switch school many times. And so we were concerned whether or not he was bullied, and he was bullied a little bit. And so we helped him overcome that. But now, you know, his eyes, you know, his, his knowledge, his appreciation, appreciation of people and everything is incredible. And we're so proud, you know, that he has um, had that experience. And it's, it's so well, you know, I, I, I keep telling him, I said, you know, yes, it was not so much fun work that we moved a lot, but because we did all that, you, you grew up to be a better man than, you know, than a lot of your classmates. And you learn to appreciate things a lot more than other people. And, and he sees that now because now he sees it when, 
now that he's interacting with you know his uh, college friends and and classmates and all that, and he sees what you know why are people you know their 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 thinking are so are so isolated narrow. Right. Well, yeah narrow yeah whereas he he's he understands you know you don't have to accept it but you have to understand it and then know that there are other people out there that that may not think the way you do so, exactly. so yeah it, it worked out pretty well and so we're now we're hoping that the little one will have that same opportunity as well so gotcha I'm sure. so when he was growing up moving around all the places was he resentful and now he's changed his attitude or has he uh, always he didn't have a choice somehow <laughs> have a choice. <laughs> so same thing you know you go with dad and mom go and so and so because of my work um i was i was sent there by the by a u.s company and then i worked for them for several years and then i left that company and then i uh, continued to work for china uh, um, domestic china company and uh -huh. so as a result uh, i traveled a lot um you know i had the, the, the one who well, a wonderful experience to to work in Africa as well, and so I was in Africa for many years and and worked and then that you know same thing you know it was very humbling for me to to see you know the you know the the, the different lifestyle you know the, the the wealth disparity and all that in in those countries. Um, likewise, you know I also worked in um, in Vietnam, in Thailand, uh, Malaysia, Singapore, and so you know. We've seen everything. We've seen the richest, richest possible, the poorest, poorest possible. And so, um, you know, thank goodness that I came from the background where I was so dirt poor, no food and everything. And so I learned to appreciate and accept people for who they are. And so it, it, gotcha. it worked out pretty well. So That's so cool. Wow. So your childhood experience actually becomes a, a gift. Strength. It did. It did. It did. Very much. I mean, um, it was it was a hard way to to earn this gift. I mean, it was a, it was a very hard way to earn this gift. I mean, I I I wish I didn't have to go through all that. You know, my my family could have been all together. You know, my father was an incredible he was an incredible man. Um, my mom, you know, relied so much on him because my mom she grew up she was like, you know, the the queen of the house, right? She's she like the princess. Yeah, yes. the princess. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, you know not royalty but you know extremely rich we you know my mom she had everything she ever wanted and so she never had to learn a lot of that street smart stuff you know that survival stuff and so you know we we're lucky that during the the, the cambodia situation you know, the incidents we had people that welcomed us accepted us and all that and so we were able i don't know somehow we're uh, Allison, we were able to survive through all that and, you know, made my way to the U.S. where, you know, I hopefully can contribute and, and help other people. So, uh -huh. so uh -huh. do you, have you kept ties with uh, that family that, that sponsored we do, you? We do. Yes. Yes. Yeah. In fact, uh, that mom, um, she, 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 she lives in Idaho now. And um, since, since sponsoring us, she has sponsored many, many other kids also. Um, wow. Uh, children from uh, Russia, uh, Africa, uh, all throughout, uh, many places. And so she, uh, she, she really did, you know, she basically, she was an angel to us. You know, she accepted us and gave us a new life that, you know, that we thought that we didn't have anymore. So, so she's one of those golden people. Yeah. From, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Very much. Yeah. So, you know, like back in the 80s, maybe you can, you can uh, t 
tell me something about this. So a couple of years ago, and maybe still ongoing now, there was this problem in Syria, right? Mm -hmm. Where uh, a lot of people, a lot of refugees were fleeing Syria. And, That's correct. And um, the UN said, hey, we have hundreds of thousands of these people that have been displaced. We want to, you know, relocate them throughout the world or whatever. Mm -hmm. And there was a big backlash That's correct, here yeah. in America. They're like, we don't want these terrorists coming yeah. in and infiltrating yeah. our, our country. Mm -hmm. And so it seemed like inhumane, but back when Cambodia was having that problem, do you remember or not if there was a backlash or was it, you know, I, was it completely I, different? Was it like Americans opened up and said, Oh yeah, we gotta, we gotta do something about these horrible times. From, from what I can remember and from what my mom told me. And, and now that I'm older, I, 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 you know, talk and recollect and all that. It did not. It seemed like back then very welcoming. Um, okay. There was not a lot of resentment toward, you know, um, refugees or, or, or immigrants. It was very uh, it was very welcoming and and you know we're yes, different, different times, times right? Yeah, very different times right now. And you know, um, pretty sad right now to see a lot of you know the the. The fighting and this and that on the news, you know, the you know two party, whatever, you know, not just U.S. I mean, we lived for many years in China, and then you know, we see things going on there. We also lived in Taiwan, and so you know, basically a lot of political mess is happening right now. And and it'll it'll be nice to go back to these uh traditional value that we had, you know, the, and welcoming people and all that. And just you know, who knows? I mean, a lot. Yeah. True, not everyone turns out right, and so, but there are a lot more that turns out right than those who turn the bad, and so, and so you you look for the good in people, and 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 not you know, say hey look at that you know, out of a hundred people look at that family you know they came they became really bad, and so, yeah those immigrants they must be bad, and you know, don't forget the ninety nine that made it, and contributed to society to American culture and and to the richness and wealth you know, you know the you know, the the culture that we have in America, the, this melting pot that we have. Right, so, right. Yeah, maybe so, one day you'll get back. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. we hope, right? So yeah. maybe it'll be people like you that uh, bring Whoa, us back there. It, yeah, it takes it takes a lot. Uh, um, funny thing, I don't have I don't have a political bone in my <laughs> in me to cause any mass, you know. Mass, or, uh, or I guess uh, I should have said I'll take people like uh, the the mother or the family exactly, that brought you yeah, in, right? That yeah, will exactly, open their hearts yeah. and take yeah. a chance. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, Key, out of all these different cities, different countries you have lived throughout your life, where do you call home? Which place? Funny, you should ask that. Oh yeah. my gosh! Every time when people ask me, so where are you from? I go. <laughs> you want a short answer or a long answer? <laughs> um, I consider LA, Los Angeles, my home because that that was when my eyes lit up. When I say lit up, that that's when I was a kid. I had I I learned enough, became a teenager, thought I knew a lot, became a high schooler, thought I knew even more, and so. You know, that, that's, I, I call myself L.A. You know, I, I call L.A. my home. Uh, but now, um, we live here in, U, in Lehigh now, Lehigh, Utah. Mm -hmm. 
Um, we have a home in, in Taiwan, you know, that we go back quite often. And so now um, I'm getting ready again. In fact, I should have been in Taiwan now. Uh, we were in a transition. We were uh, in a transition of getting ready to move to Taiwan. And so I went there January with my wife, uh, found our apartment, uh, found a, a nice school area for our sons to go, uh, for the, the little one, for the key center to, to attend. And then I came back here early March. Oh, and then they shut the down. Kind of company trip. And then all of a sudden I'm grounded. You know, I can't, <laughs> you know, this COVID thing, stay home, you know, no, no international travel. So I've been here this whole time. So when this thing is lifted again, you know, I need to go back to Taiwan to get the, the, the work running again and also uh, get ready to, to, to move my family to Taiwan for this new assignment that I have. So, okay. Yeah. So will you keep your home? here in utah yes we will like i mean this two is places. yeah 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 i mean comfortable place you know we have the a lot of friends when they come they stay here and so this will probably be their bed and breakfast or or you know you, you know whatever you know nice. uh, other friends are welcome to stay here when they come so nice Wow, Key, your life story is so inspiring. I just oh. feel like now I have such high respect for you. Oh, no. <laughs> but I didn't really we didn't even like, have respect for you before. No, no, no. It was just like, now, 20 years no. later, we finally got the respect you deserved. It was negative. Now I'm back to zero. So thank you. You <laughs> <laughs> were never the negative, but I just feel like so, I, I just admire you for the oh, kind of I person mean, and your spirit. I mean, I've, seen, I've seen you too. I mean, I've seen you too, Allison, I, you know, your sister and so, and Roy, and now when you guys, you know, I, I, you know, we were really young back then and we were really yeah. young. And so look at you, you know, you guys been married for all these years. I think you guys are just like a year or two behind us, right? Yeah. I'm yeah. going on 25. So oh, we're going on 22. Yeah, so, yeah. 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 I'm going on 25 years. And so, I can't imagine, you know, how fast time flies. I mean, when we were all at BYU attending the singles ward. And so, I mean, look at us now, our, our children are, are in colleges and they're ready to head out on their own. And so hopefully we taught them well. Hopefully yep. we, you know, we. Yeah. Some regrets. Yeah. But what can you do? <laughs> yeah. I mean, even though I'm Chinese, but I pretty much grew up American. And so I'm, a, I'm, I'm as, I'm as banana as you can get. I mean, <laughs> yell out here, but I'm 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 more white inside than I am, you know, Chinese. And then, but I'm so happy that that my wife, she's very Chinese, you know, um, and and so we speak Chinese at home, and so we still have this best culture and then everything like that. And so we we have this perfect balance. And now, you know, my son, um, he went to elementary school in China, um, junior high in Taiwan, and high school in the U.S. And so now he speaks better Chinese than me. He reads it a lot better than me. And so now hopefully I've left him with enough options and choices that he can do a lot with his, you know, whatever he wants to do. Oh, so that's now amazing. I've got to work on our second one. And so hopefully <laughs> uh, have How old is your second son? Uh, he's 12 right now. So oh, okay. They're, they're 10, wow, there's quite a gap there. Did you say your oldest was right, 20, 21, yeah. almost 22? Yeah, so, wow. wow. 10 years. Wow. Yeah, yeah. 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 We we're hoping to have yeah. You know, hoping to have like four or five. But but uh, hopefully maybe the second generation to have more, so 
Yeah. We're, we're hoping that, that maybe we'll get some grandchildren here sometime. <laughs> yeah. Congrats. Yeah. Or we'll maybe, see, well, we'll no, it, they're not married. None of that's happening. I'm just right. saying no. we're ready. <laughs> someday. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yep. yeah. Well, it's been so awesome yeah. talking to you. I know you're just, like I said, your story is so fascinating and just not, you know, we don't get to hear this kind of heroic journey oh. every day. So thank you so much for sharing. And I know it's probably hard to revisit those memories. And But thank you so much for educating us. And at the same time. Oh, yeah. Thank you. And thank you. Congrats. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I always tell my, my son, I said that opportunity will arise, but you have to be prepared for it. Uh-huh. And so... Um, you know, right now he's he's off at NYU studying, doing well and all that, and it's opened up his eye a lot. Um, he's seen um, you know the culture in a humongous city like New York, and also uh, attending school in China and Shanghai. And so you know, I tell him that opportunity will come, but you have to be prepared for it. And so you never know the next opportunity will be. And so um, I believe I was very fortunate, very blessed. Um, to be given this opportunity. And so hopefully, um, you know, as I travel the world and do my work, I, I'm, I'm able to contribute to help people to, you know, to, to live a better life. And so hopefully, you know, that, that um, the goodness that was done to me, you know, I can pass it forward and, and just keep going, keep going. And, you know, it, it's, it's all we can do, you know, might as well. If, if you're going to live in this world, might as well live it, be happy, help other people the best that you can. So Right. Well, that's inspiring. I feel like I need to be a better person now. Yes. Thank you. You're like, it's kind of too late, but maybe, maybe I can change who I am and, and make yeah. a difference. Maybe we <laughs> can somebody. become more like yeah. me. <laughs> no, we're really proud of Allison and all the work that she's done and all the, I see them on, I, I see all your, your accolades on Facebook. So, and, oh, and, and she also is awesome. the, the, aspiring, the aspiring model that you are, right? Allison? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. Yes. All right. Well, it's been wonderful. That I, it's been you know, awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, so close with you guys like that. So, yeah, let me know. Anything I can do to help out, let us know. Okay. Thank you.